for the gift of your word. We thank you that you've revealed your great love for us in the person of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill our hearts and our minds with your truth and with your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would grab a seat. Again, good morning. Great to see everybody. Today is, uh, like I said, is an exciting day in the life of our church. Um, uh, really because today marks um, a, a day where we get to come before the Lord and make a commitment uh, to the Lord together. And for some of us, it's a recommitment. Um, but we're calling it Giving, Giving Commitment Sunday. Um, and over the last several weeks, we've been talking about what it is we're committing to. We've been talking about the fact that God has invited us to step into this incredible mission together. That together as a church, we get to be a part of what God is doing. And God has called us to be a community following Jesus in Houston. And so as we've pressed into that together over the last uh, year or so, we've really been saying we want to be a people who are following Jesus, who, who are with him people who are becoming like him, people who are doing the things that Jesus did. We've seen God give us more and more of a heart for the things that he has a heart for in our city, a heart for the lost, uh, to seek and save the lost is Jesus' mission, a heart for those who are in need of compassion in our city, namely for us, the forgotten children of our city. And we've seen God do incredible things as we've stepped in to this vision, as we've begun that process and so this fall, um, we've seen more of that. Um, God's been really doing some amazing things through things like Alpha. Uh, we started our first ever Alpha class. We've been running that for the past seven weeks. And it's just been really amazing. We've had 20 guests uh, that participated in Alpha this year. Um, we've been meeting over there at Craftsman uh, Bakery and just seeing God and the Holy Spirit move in amazing ways. Just this past week, I was talking to a, a gentleman who's been on um, the Alpha course, and he's an atheist. He self-identifies as an atheist. And I just asked him how Alpha was going. And he said, basically, he said he loves Alpha. And he loves Alpha because he said, literally, it was the first time he's ever been around a group of Christians where he feels like he's listened to and he's respected. And that's a huge work of the Holy Spirit that someone who doesn't even believe in God would feel welcome. And when we get to hear about God's uh, love for them in Jesus. And so there's all these kind of stories that have been coming out of Alpha, and we're seeing God move in amazing ways. We're also seeing God move in amazing ways in life groups. We just launched two new life groups, one in the Heights and one uh, up in Jersey Village. We're starting out that way too. So we're excited about how God is growing. And we talk about um, our church. We talk about how we want to be a family, living together as God's family. And so one of the ways we're seeing that work is through life groups, developing these meaningful relationships as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so more and more of us are committing to this way of Jesus, eating a meal together on a weekly basis, opening the scriptures, praying together, serving together. Um, a, a member of the West U Life Group just this week was just saying it, it's one of the best things he and his wife have ever been a part of is their life group. They just love it so much and it's been so transformative in their walk with Jesus. And so today, we, we are celebrating those things that God is, is doing. And we are saying we want more. God, we want to see more of that 
in the life of apostles. And so we want to press in to that together. And one of the things that we want to press into, we've even talked about this over the last couple of weeks, is, is God's heart that he's given us for the forgotten children, for, for foster and adoption care. Um, there's a crisis, almost 3,000 kids in our county alone uh, who are in the foster care system. Um, 700, some of those longing to be adopted. Many of them feel forgotten, abandoned, at risk for addiction, abuse, homelessness, crime. And as people who have been adopted into God's family, we have this heart. And we're asking God to grow our heart for those who are in desperate need of a family. That God would give us the heart of James 1.27. That we would be a people who look and care for, look after and care for the orphans in our city. And so we're asking God to give us more opportunities. And today after worship, we're actually going to gather over in the education building and have a lunch. And those who are interested to come and talk. Not just who are interested in foster and adoption care, but... Really, this is an opportunity for all of us. If, if there's any of us that would want to be a part of what God's doing, this is a chance to come and hear about ways that we can be a part of God's mission to reach these children with the good news of Jesus. And so we're, we're pressing into this. We're asking God, how do we live out this mission in every way of our life? And as we do that, we're hungry. We're hungry for the word. We're hungry for the Holy Spirit. We're hungry for the way of Jesus. And we're looking to God to do some amazing things in the coming year, in 2019. But that's going to take us going all in on this mission, this vision. It's going to require us to step out in faith, is what we've talked about the last few weeks. Stepping into this mission is going to ask us to step out in faith, for us to, to go to places that maybe we're uncomfortable going, of, of doing things we've never done before, but trusting God to meet us in those places and, and do incredible things in our lives and through our community. And one of those areas where we want to step out in faith is in our finances. Uh, because for this mission uh, to take place, for this work that God's called us to do, for that to happen, it's going to take us giving our finances, but not only our finances, our time, our, our gifts and our abilities, our resources to give to the Lord and ask him to take these things and use them for his kingdom and for his glory. And so God has given us everything in Jesus and so we have the opportunity to give back to him our lives, that he might take our lives and use them for his mission here at Apostles. Um, I've asked uh, our friend Jack Wisdom this morning to come and share just a little bit about what God's been teaching him in this area of giving and really stepping in and stepping out in faith. Um, and I particularly wanted Jack to share uh, because he and his wife have just completed the, the membership process and we'll welcome them this morning. But they're new to our community and they've decided to go all in on what God is doing here in Apostles. And so I thought it would be helpful for him just to share a little bit about that this morning. So would you all welcome Jack Wisdom this morning. Thanks, Jack. Approach is 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard you're a lawyer. Is that true? Indeed, Chris, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> I did not believe that when I heard it. You must not be a very good lawyer. <laughs> 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 so I was tempted uh, in that moment to try to impress Chris with my accolades, the celebrated celebrity super lawyer here in the great state of Texas, going back many decades. Uh, but then I decided to take a different road. And I began to try to explain to Chris the choices Di and I have made over the years about how we uh, invest and how we spend and how we save and how we give. Chris got bored after about four minutes of that and wandered off with Tom Diana into making some more cookies. So I'm, I'm just going to try to explain it to y'all. I hope I can hold your attention a little bit better uh, than I did uh, on that evening. So we've been uh, in Acts chapter 2, and what we saw in Acts chapter 2 is that when God, in his radical generosity, pours out the Holy Spirit, and people hear and respond to the radical generosity of God in the, his love in Jesus that makes forgiveness possible, and that calls us into this new way of life. That the way people respond to that 
with their own radical generosity and gratitude. And of course, that had economic implications in the earliest days of the church. Uh, the Bible says uh, they had all things in common. None had need because there was this willingness uh, fueled by the Holy Spirit uh, to share. <laughs> what happened is the church had to make some adjustments by the time Paul is writing here to these folks uh, in Ephesus he's writing to Timothy the leader of this church uh, things were a bit different and there were actually within the congregation there were people who had wealth and this is uh, what Paul wrote to Timothy in terms of what he should say to them. And so this is uh, just a paraphrase of a text from a translation I read 
Here's what you say to those wealthy in regards to the faith. Don't become high and mighty, but place all your hope on a gamble for riches. Instead, fix your hope on God, the one who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. And don't stop there, friends. Tell them to use their wealth for good things, be rich in good works. If they are willing to give generously and share everything, then they will send ahead a great treasure for themselves and build their future on a solid foundation. As a result, they will surely take hold of eternal life. It's a remarkable passage. Just a few verses earlier, uh, uh, Timothy was reminded to remind the church about uh, the proposition that the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And so many by longing for riches uh, have fallen into a trap, is what Paul writes. So he says there is this danger uh, that riches prevent. Uh, but here he turns to specifically what can you say to those in your church who are blessed with wealth. And I think that was the perspective uh, that Paul had as he wrote this. And this was the instruction. Now, a couple of points about the text, because this was a paraphrase. Uh, literally in the Greek, uh, Paul writes, uh, instruct those, or stronger than that. It's the strongest imperative you can give for a, for a directive that must be obeyed. It says, direct those, command those who are wealthy in this age, wealthy by the measure of the bogus world system. Command those to do this. So it's very strong. This is it's not a suggestion, it's a directive. And I just want to make four observations about what Paul says here. And I wrote them down so I wouldn't accidentally make six or seven. So, uh, the first uh, thing we can observe here is that wealth has a tendency to produce arrogance. Paul writes, command those who are wealthy by the measure of the bogus world system, don't be arrogant. Why would Paul start there? Paul would start there because wealth has a tendency to produce arrogance. Uh, if, if you have a lot of money, if you acquire a lot, you possess a lot, you might be tempted to think that you're better than the next guy because you have more than the next guy. That's a real temptation. became obedient to the point of death on a Roman cross. You can't do that. So wealth presents a real temptation to arrogance. Now, I would have thought I would have been immune to this. Uh, we left Young Life staff. I went to law school. We, we were broke, uh, broke, broke. Uh, and it was through a generosity of the church and a bunch of jobs scholarship to law school that we were able to pull this off. Uh, and Diana and I made the decision uh, once I got my degree that we wouldn't change the way we lived. We would basically try to maintain the Young Life Area Director lifestyle no matter what we made uh, as a lawyer. And we kind of held to the program. 
stayed in the same place, drove the same car, ate the same food, did the same stuff, and we were happy as we could be. And that gave us up to be a little more generous uh, towards young life, and my successor as the area director, uh, and uh, other, other things we believed in. Uh, I, at a certain point, as a partner at the big law firm, I made a decision to leave and be part of a, a brand new startup law firm. I stood up in front of all my partners who'd been so good to me at this large firm, and I said, uh, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm going to start another law firm with just a few guys, and my business plan is to charge less, uh, work less, and make less. Now, those of you who are partners at big law firms can imagine they said, good, get out of here with that crazy law firm. <laughs> Said, you cannot serve God 
Jesus intentionally said God and mammon. Mammon being the bogus God of wealth in the bogus world system. Now, as Christians, we are engaged in a spiritual warfare, Paul writes in Ephesians 6, with principalities and powers. We have no adversaries that are flesh and blood. One of those powers, one of those hostile spiritual powers, the fallen and rebellious power, is mammon. And his allure, his presence in our lives, uh, the hook that mammon has is wealth. And he asks us to trust him for our security, to trust him. He asks us uh, to honor him, to serve him. If you think you can serve him and serve the living God simultaneously, then you are on the road to disaster. Jesus says you cannot serve God and man. We have to choose whom we will serve. And we cannot serve wealth. Christian brother and say, 
Section 3 is is to write a check to Young Life today. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any trouble saying that. But it's just awkward when it was my paycheck. Let me change the idea. I'd say the people who give, when there are people in here who see that the greatest blessing in their life is the blessing they get when they give. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Do you experience this? Mm-hmm. This is not somebody telling you don't give. This is what mm-hmm. the, the happiness and joy is to respond with gratitude to the gracious radical generosity mm-hmm. of God. And so Thank you, Jack. Um, Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to affirm our faith together, uh, saying the Nicene Creed. Affirm our faith in the God who has given us uh, so much in the person of Jesus. Let's say these words together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all.